Welcome to Aim High, Cranberry Kingswood's alumni podcast. In this podcast, you'll hear from the voices of students, alumni, staff, and faculty who embody the values of the Cranberry community. This episode is brought to you by alumni.fm, a CK alum podcast production company with a mission to connect people through stories. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hi, welcome back to the Cranbrook Aim High podcast. I'm your host, Kadir Muhammad, and today I have been blessed to be with Stephen, aka Chuck Meng. He graduated a class of 2016 along with me. That's how we know each other. And Chuck has been doing some really like physically impressive things. Like Chuck, tell me like, you're into like triathlons, correct? Yes, I am. I'm cute. What you're doing is just, just so impressive. I don't think many people realize how taxing it is to like, do what you do. So speaking of that, let's get into it. Let's uh, talk about what it is you actually do. So to my understanding, you run triathlons and like, I just like, give, tell the audience what you do. Yeah, for sure. So I race triathlons in my free time and with triathlons, I mainly focus in the half iron distance, which is 1.2 miles of swimming, 56 miles of biking and 13.1 miles of running in a single race. It sounds like a lot. And it, and it is, but there is a level above it too, which is the full Ironman, which is double everything I just said. Okay. And that's what you do for fun. Yes, exactly. That sounds absolutely insane. How do you train from that? Yeah. A lot of slow, low and slow work, a lot of volume. So I think I started this in college around sophomore year of college, like late sophomore year of college. And I would say I'm, I was putting in about six to eight hours of training every week. And then once I started work after college, it's been around like 10 hours a week. Now it's 13 hours a week. Um, just every single week and mix it up, swim, bike, run a certain amount of volume. It definitely not racing a triathlon every single day, but it's just bits and pieces, low and slow, get the body used to taking those miles for race day. Yeah. Cause just like the overall endurance and stamina that you will need to have for that race just sounds astronomical. Like most people can barely run like a 5k and here you are like running, what is it? 13 miles. Yep. That's absolutely bonkers to me and super impressive. Like a question for you then. So like you said, you started this in college. When did you first start training and how long did it take for you to train to be able to do your first triathlon? So let's see, it took about, let's just start off. I didn't race a half Ironman off the bat. I started off with shorter distances, a sprint triathlon and an Olympic distance triathlon, which are a lot shorter than a half iron distance. I guess my first official actual race was an Olympic distance triathlon. It took me about three months to train to that. And that was a 1500 meter swim, 25 mile bike and a 10 K run. So that was around like four months of training. Granted, I did have running background because the year before I trained myself to run a marathon and I've always been like active and like on my bike when I was younger. So it was mainly just putting it all together for a race itself. Oh, so like you have like a history to childhood and teenage years, young adult years of just like being super active. I feel like running a marathon or doing the sprints or Olympics races is like a different league than what you're doing right now, right? Yeah, I would say so. It's a totally different monster. Having run a marathon and having done a 70.3, like half Ironman, it's, it's an entirely different monster. I would say like, even though it's the time of a half Ironman is what is much longer than what you would expect to run a marathon in. I would argue that a marathon is hard, way, way harder than a half Ironman. It's just because okay. the, yeah, the legs just, again, it's an entirely different monster because it's entirely running and all you have to do is just run and it's, but it's 26 miles of just nonstop running. 
Whereas at least in a triathlon, you can mix it up a bit. Yeah. I know, especially with like marathons, I know there's that point where your body just hits a wall. Like there's no more like ATP, there's no more energy in your body and you still have like three miles left. So like, how did you get through that? Like how you finished your, like, how did you feel afterwards? Yeah, definitely. I hit the wall. That was very, very tough. It is the feeling I, there is you want to keep moving forward, but nothing in your body is letting you. It's like either your muscles are completely cramped or like your body just decides to shut down. I literally ran the last four miles of that marathon straight legged. I couldn't bend my knees because if I bend it, it, it was going to cramp. And when I crossed that finish line, it was just, oh, relief, absolute relief. I'm done. And my legs were absolutely, both of them were shot for the next couple days. So it was painful, but I have to say it was a good experience. You haven't gone through that for sure. That's absolutely crazy. What drives you? Like, what's your goal behind doing this extreme physical feat? Yeah, that's a great question. It started off as just saying, I want to be fit. I want to do something other than tennis. Background to this, and uh, back when I was in Cranbrook, I was on the tennis team. And when I got to college, I didn't really want to join the club tennis team just because the practice schedules were really late. And I naively thought that, hey, you know what? I can sustain a proper bedtime and go to bed at 9 p.m. every day which was an absolute lie later I found out. But anyway, I started marathon training for that just because I said, Hey, you know what? I want to stay fit. Might as well get into running and then just sign up for a marathon to haphazardly and was like, Hey, I got three months to do this. We might as well just start for that. It was mainly just, I want to stay fit. I want to see if I can do it. But eventually as the different, as I transitioned into triathlons, it became not just staying fit anymore. It's just wanting to prove to myself that I can be better. Like I want to be a better person. I want to be better like mentally. I want to be better physically. And a triathlon is a great way to really hone both of those skills really well. I think the driver driving point now is to prove to myself that I can do this and that I can do it well. Okay. But in that sense, like when do you know, know when to draw the line for being the best? Cause you started off running a marathon. People are like, I'm going to do 5Ks or 10Ks and you have this drive to be the best. No, I mean, you have the best was to be better than what you were the day previously. And that's an admirable quality. I do like really look up to that. And that's really nice. When would you be at the point where you're like, this is enough. I'm happy with where I'm at. I still don't think I've found that yet. Yeah. Right now I have dreams of racing a full Ironman. I have dreams of running in a 100 mile ultra marathon. I have dreams of performing a through hike of one of the th three couple hundred mile trails across America. I think it's until I'm there, until I actually get to that line, we'll see. There's all, there's always a step above. I would say that yeah. I'm still trying to search for that. Honestly, it's still a journey. I'm still on that road. We're going to find that point eventually, but right now the line is still far ahead because I think the line for me is what I'm capable of is what I'm physically capable of. I am physically capable of racing a, a half Ironman. I am physically capable of running a marathon. It's not a question about whether I'm going to finish. It's a question about whether I'm going to finish pretty. Like you have time limit in your head, right? Exactly. Exactly. Whereas I think the line for me will be drawn when I physically cannot do it. Like I think maybe that 100 mile race, the lead, like Leadville 100 would be a good example of that would be one of those places where I might run into that wall where I say, I physically can't do this. But 
again, with proper training, I think it's definitely possible. We're going to see where that line is, but I think that's where that line is for, for the time being. I think okay. as I train, it's only going to get pushed further and further. <laughs> Absolutely, because your body gets acclimated to like the new heights. You're like, okay, I can do this now. Let's kick it up a notch. <laughs> exactly. Instead of running like five miles to do the extra 15 miles. Why not? No, I got time. That's exactly it. I started off running thinking a 5K was the longest I've ever run. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And then 5Ks became my warm up. And I was like, oh, it's been a 5K. Now I'm like loose. Now I can start my actual run. <laughs> I haven't met many people that have said, you know what? I'm going to run a quick 5K for my warm up before I do my actual run. But earlier you mentioned like a full iron and like a ultra, like an ultra race, right? Could you give me the stats of what that entails? How many miles for each category? Yes. Let's start with the. Uh, the 100 mile ultra marathon, as the name suggests, it's 100 miles, but it's a race that's more than 100 miles. Like the one I just mentioned, Leadville 100, is in Colorado, and you're pretty much just scaling mountains. You got tens of thousands of feet of elevation gain throughout the entire 100 miles. And that is, you know, hiking for most of that, but it is an absolute beast because you see the miles of the race itself. That doesn't give perspective to how much elevation you gain as well. So Leadville 100 is one of the big races that are on my bucket list. And so 100 mile race, I don't know how much climbing it is, but I'm ready for it when the day comes. Yeah. And then the full Ironman, that is 2.4 miles of swimming, followed by 112 miles of biking, followed by a yeah. full marathon, which is 26.2 miles. Yeah. Then some sadistic individual decided, hey, you know what? <laughs> yeah. No, there's some sadistic individual in Chattanooga decided, hey, let me just tag on an additional four miles to the bike course. So Ironman races are usually at 140.6 miles total. But Chattanooga is special because the swim is a downriver swim. So your swim is a couple minutes faster, granted, but you get four extra miles on the bike. So it's 144.6 miles of racing. So yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to test the human body, like the actual limits of the human body for that race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Yeah. So Ironmans are in like one sort of race, but there's one other one that I have on my mind. It's called the Norseman, which is, it's an iron distance event, but it's also like crazy. You, you're literally hiking a mountain, like for a marathon, you're swimming in icy fjords, you're biking over mountains, passes, it's absolutely wild. But those are like the races I've rebel for to participate in one day. So that's just like your goal, like to do, as your goal to do like all those races at least one time. Or do you like have one that you're actually you know, pining for? It's the race I'm going to do by this time. So let's see. Though the one that I just listed off, those are like bucket list races. I'm definitely going to do them sometime in my life, but it's like, those are, if I can finish, I'll be happy. But right now I would say there's a couple of races that I want to achieve sometime. And so one of them is the Ironman World Championships. Like right now this year, I'm trading for the half Ironman World Championships, which is going to be in St. George. Hopefully, hopefully I can race well enough to qualify for the, to qualify for a slot in that race. If I can, that's one of them I'm pining for in the very near future. I think with every Ironman racer, I'm eventually I'm going to hit like level up to Ironmans. One day I want to go to Hawaii and race in Kona. That, I don't know when that's going to happen. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Q, you've been to Hawaii too. Did you go to Kona by chance? No, I did not, but I've heard about that place. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's picturesque, but also it's it's absolutely a monster of a course too. Oh man, I can only imagine. And plus it's like also really hot there too. So mm -hmm. like you have that factor in too. Oh yeah. 
least the weather's nice. It's going to be nice and sunny. Let's see. It's It gets to the 90s. It's very hot. I think you're in, at that point, you're more like trying to fight to survive at that point because you're literally biking through lava, like biking through like lava fields. Just do like, and not like active volcano, but it's like a lot, <laughs> lot of rocks and it's just, it's hot out there. So don't fall down. Yeah, don't fall down. You can cook some eggs. You can scramble some eggs on that tarmac for sure. And the fact that you're like, can't wait for it. People are like, oh no, if I want to run a mile, you're going to run several, like more than 10. That's absolutely it's <laughs> astonishing. Yeah, I think to each their own. I mean, that every, I think, that's true. Yeah, I think for this one, it's for all these like crazy endurance events. For me, that's, that is my, like my challenge. I think for each, every person, they have their own challenge. Like for me, a challenge of racing 70.3 might be the same as someone going out and running a mile. I think they're equally impressive in the fact that you are still forcing yourself to be uncomfortable. What I do sounds impressive, of course, but I feel like everyone has their own fight and they're equally impressive on their own merits as well. So question for you then, because everyone has their own, like you said, different levels of like fitness and different levels of like activity. Personally, I go to the gym, right? So if I'm squatting like 225, my mind is like, okay, that's enough. I can't do anymore. Do you have that little voice in your head where you're like, no, I'm out, I can't do anymore. Does that voice ever say anything to you? Or do you just like ignore it altogether? And you're like, we stop when I say stop. Yeah, you know, that, that's a great question. I think you have to heed it every now and then, but I, most of the time I tell it to say, I just tell it quiet, go away. I don't know what my limits are yet, but obviously whenever something starts feeling hard, I'm going to use running as an example, just because that is the most recent experience I had. I ran a 5k time trial just to see how fast I could run it. Granted, I'm not in actual runner terms. I'm not a fast runner, but I'm just trying my best to beat my 5k record. And I remember distinctly around a mile and a half in my calves start hurting. Like I've never felt them so tight before. And I'm just like, wow, that really hurts. We keep moving, <laughs> yeah. we keep moving, keep it up. And then around with around like a mile left, that's when my lungs start hurting. And I'm just like, wow, this hurts a lot. We keep going. That is where I'm like, okay, I don't see the light. Like, I don't see my vision closing in. I know I can still breathe. We just keep pushing until, until you hit that limit. I've been there. I like, I've had, unfortunately, like times when, you know, I have had an asthma attack. I've had, I've gotten hit by a car and nearly bled out, but like, just like my vision started fading and I'm just like, okay, I know what those feel like. We're not even close to there. So we just keep moving because there's, this is just my body saying, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I'm just saying, you know what? Being uncomfortable is natural. Being uncomfortable is part of life. Being uncomfortable is part of growing. We just keep moving when you do feel uncomfortable. But obviously when we show the signs of, oh, my health and safety is in danger. In that case, yeah, obviously like, okay, let's dial it back a touch. But until then, it's, we keep going, keep marching forward. And I think that's the importance of training too, because that way your body, like you listen to your body's response. Like I've done this before. I know what this feels like. I know I'm not in any real danger. It's just. Exactly. I think one of the ways I go about this is saying I can recall the lowest of my lows. And long as what I'm currently experiencing doesn't, is not that we're living our best life still. Yeah. Yeah. So because like, as long as you're not like absolute rock bottom, you've never seen this rock bottom before. You could just keep going forward because this is, again, it's just like that uncomfortability. It's all about perspective. You compare what you've experienced to your, the current experiences that you've had. And if you are, if you're hurting more than what you've hurt worse before, 
then obviously that's a troubling sign. But if not, I think we can push past that. But again, yes, also right. You definitely have to listen to your body. It's not like I'm going out and like running as fast as I can at 10K every single day to train for a marathon or anything. It's, it's obviously very low, very slow controlled mile. It almost feels like I'm just going out for a jog. To, like today I was out for a run and then it just feel like I was jogging for a good chunk of it. Like I wasn't breathing hard. I was like, oh yeah, wow, the steps feel really nice today. Oh yeah, look at that deer in the woods. It's that sort of feeling. It's not always intense. There's okay. an ebb and flow to training and I think there's an, like that translates to life as well. You know, there's an ebb and flow in everything. It's going to be mundane sometimes. That's part of it. Okay. And you mentioned training. So like, how do you actually train for these? Like, can you give me like a week by week or day by day breakdown of how you train? Like how often do you go swimming? How often do you go bike riding? And how do you personally like go about improving on those stats? Like, is it eating better? What's your secrets? Oh yeah, that's great. I'm still trying to figure out how to actually get better. So that, that does work in progress. I'll report back to you on that for sure. Typical week in Chuck's training schedule. This is a typical week. We just go with that. So I'm swimming three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's 7 to 8 a.m. I'm swimming, give or take anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 meters. Then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm lifting arms and legs, just get some, build some strength. And then Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays are biking. They're at least an hour and a half to two hours long. I would say Tuesdays and Thursdays are usually, there's more like a longer set, uh, like they're usually around an hour and a half and they're at like the harder intervals in there mixed in there. But the long rides on Saturday, which are two hours long, they're usually lower in intensity. But again, you're just trying to build the endurance, make sure that engine's functioning efficiently. Then running, I'm running Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So a lot of running there, but again, it's not like super intense running. The running that happens on Friday and Saturday are all like super low intensity. Just go out there and run. Just go out there and get the legs moving, get the blood flowing. But on Sundays is my long runs, which are usually an hour and a half to recently hour 50 of running. So it, a lot of it's just time-based. You just got to put in the hours because just when you want to race a like anywhere from four to eight hour race, like as fast as you can, you have to put a lot of hours in beforehand. Put it, I can't tell you how many miles I've biked, swim, bike, run already, but I've trained every single day for at least, I would say an hour each day so far on average. So however many days in the year, however many hours I've worked out, I guess. I'm sure like you're just consuming calories to like <laughs> stay alive. <laughs> what do you eat to like help supply that muscle like or that energy output? Absolutely. I think you were the one that said it in our group chat once. You, I, I like Chuck is a nuclear reactor for calories. And I'm like, you know what, that you got to point to that. Cause I used to think like, we're going to start from the top and say what, what I eat pretty much. So it's a lot of rice. I swear by rice. Rice is awesome. Uh, rice is a great, yes, great carbs. Exactly. I also like eating brown rice. Some people call me psycho for it, but brown rice, high five. Brown diet. rice is a slept on. I'm telling you, brown rice is being slept on. I eat a lot of chicken. I also, I drink a lot of protein. Usually I try to be as plant-based as possible, but obviously that when you have to eat a lot of calories, plant-based just isn't calorie dense enough sometimes. But the whole point is I eat a lot. That's a great question, honestly, how, like the amount, I've never really tracked it. I've been on what you call the seafood diet, where if you see food, you eat food. Yeah. Because I know that as long as I'm comfortable eating it, I will eat it. Because if I feel good, I have to always keep in mind when I eat that, oh yeah, you're going to have to run 10 miles the next day. Oh, you have to swim like in the next 
couple hours or, oh yeah, after this, you have to bike. So what, whenever I eat, I always like consider what I have to do following up, like in a near couple hours or the next day, because I don't want to feel like garbage. Eat like a double quarter pounder and feel like garbage for the next like 13 hours. Just be like, I'm definitely not going to be able to run because I'm too lethargic. The next day on my GI tract, they go to, ain't going to feel too fresh. My swim might not, might, might have to stop in the middle just to relieve myself really quick. A lot of it's just mm -hmm. taking into consideration what I have to do afterwards and just eat whatever I want. It's again, a lot of chicken, a lot of rice, cabbage is like lettuce. Cabbage is always fun to saute with some, some stuff. Fried rice, Costco, I'm telling you, Costco frozen vegetables, bomb fried rice. It is beautiful. Add a little touch of soy sauce in there. Some, I don't know, some chicken sausages. I, chicken sausages are slept on too. There's different flavors too. There's different flavors of chicken sausages. Oh, like yes. Apple, smoked. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's so good. Like chicken and basil. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Actually, one of my favorite things to eat is an English muffin with turkey and an over easy egg and whole grain mustard. That is. Oh, that sounds good. Yes. I love whole grain mustard. Jimmy John's put me on the whole grain mustard. And I will never turn back from that. That stuff is incredible. I come back from swim. First thing I do, pound a pound of protein shake. And then have two of those, two of those English muffins. And then I go to work. And then in lunch, eat some leftovers. Like, I don't know, a pound or two of that fried rice. And then at night, I'll eat another pound or two of stuff. It's just like, it ends up being like a crazy amount of food. Which is daunting. But obviously, like, when you're in my shoes, you're just like, you're constantly hungry. And you're just like, okay, I'm just going to eat something. So well, a funny story, my cousin who is living with me, she comments on how much I'm eating. She's just like, you are literally eating as much food in a day as I do in a week. And I'm like, how? And then I realized, oh, <laughs> you're right. Because I literally run through a 15 pound bag of rice in a month. Whereas it would take her a whole year to do that. This is me single-handedly eating a 15 pound bag of rice. It is absolutely insane. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's how much I eat. Oh wow. That's how much I eat. <laughs> yeah. Cause for me, I'm like, I'm trying to like bulk up person. That's like my health guys. When they'll put on some extra muscle, get, like bulk up a little bit. And like I'm lifting now and I'm realizing how much food I really need to eat. Like I eat like a, you know, standard three meals a day and but I'm like up against it four and I'm like, I gotta like, I have a high metabolism. So I need to up it at five. And I know that we have similar metabolisms, but we should doing is a lot more energy based. I'll like work out for an hour and a half and I'll be tired and I'll rest and I'm good. But you're constantly like bunch of carbs. <laughs> Otherwise, like you're sick. So also quick question for you. I remember like reading about this before you like go in a run, you have to carb load, right? Carb loading. I would say that's before a race. I would do that. Um, okay. And not before I, triathlons. Before triathlons, you, you'll, I'll definitely like carb, carb load for sure. Okay. Swear by my rice cakes. I make some rice cakes and I eat like an ungodly amount of them the night before yeah. and the day, the morning of, and that stuff is pure carbs and I love it. It is good. But yes, there, think there's a bit of, there's some truth in carb loading just because, you know, you want to load your muscles with glycogen as much as possible and carbs end up being turned to glycogen, which is stored in your muscle, which is, which ends up becoming the energy that you use, especially for these endurance events. Yeah, definitely carb loading has its merits. And I would say I would recommend it for, you know, like a half marathon, I'd carb load. 5K, mm, that's kind of pushing a little bit. 10, 5K, 10K, that might be pushing it a bit. But I would say like for me, the point where I'd start carb loading is around like the half marathon mark. 
where it's actually endurance for me, at least it's like actually endurance. Whereas a 5k for me is like a sprint. It's done pretty fast. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like we move on with the day. You're not tapping into your glycogen stores too much with a 5k race. Whereas with the half marathon, you're out there for a while. Yeah. Then you start like reaching into the, the glycogen stores in your muscles. That's so interesting. My next question for you is like, what's like the highest point in your like physical career running triathlons? Like what's the moment you're like, man, I feel fantastic about everything right now. Like everything I worked so hard for accumulated to this moment. Oh, that's a great question. As I think about that, what is that holding? Off the top of my head, I think it would be my second at Fireman. Yeah. I would say that's what I really, that's what I was like, I'm going to keep doing this until I get qualified for world championships. But like, yeah, that's what, that's where I had my goal set. So my second half Ironman was in Lake Placid, New York. That I raced with a couple of my college teammates and one of them absolutely walloped the entire field, which I'm like, he's a pro now, an absolute monster. He's a great inspiration for everything like triathlon for me. Like his name's Matt Schaefer. He's actually from Northville, just as me. Absolute inspiration. He's a monster, but I have massive respect for him and, and just hearing him talk about triathlon like about like tips and tricks and stuff like that and hearing how chill he is about everything is so it was refreshing because i'm like i'd usually take myself a little too seriously but matt was just pretty chill about it i was just like wow you know i need to do this i need to like take a chill as well and race my own race so anyway that race was one where i think i performed as well as i could at that point i didn't blow up on the run I swam very solidly, given the fact that I only have one hand to work with. I cut my thumb literally a week beforehand, like nearly cut my thumb off. So I can tell everyone that I single-handedly did a half hour. Very impressive. Yeah, I had this weird thing where I like, I duct tape, I like double latex glove duct tape my hand to make sure it's waterproof. So I don't like destroy it during the swim. Like I couldn't hold onto my handlebar too hard, too much on the bike, but I still managed to do it. Yeah, that bike was incredible. It was like 4,000 feet of elevation, three, 4,000 feet of elevation gain, like through the, through the mountains. And I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. There were, there were some highs and lows there, but I thought at that point I performed very well for what I could have at that time. And I was like, wow, this is quite the experience. And in the run, I didn't blow up. I like ran the whole half marathon with a relatively solid pace. And I was like, wow, like relatively consistent pace. And I was like, you know what? This is really fun. There is so much room for grace. There is so much like good vibes, positive vibes, the atmosphere, the people, like the course is beautiful. The people are awesome. They're everyone's so supportive and everyone who's racing it is just cheering you on. It doesn't matter. Like you have like a hundred people in front of you, around you at this racing at the same time, running on the road and everyone's just like, yeah, go for it, man. You're doing great. And I'm just like, you don't even know who I am, but you're cheering me on. Hell yeah, this is awesome. I kind of need this positivity every now and then. But that's kind of where I really fell in love with triathlon itself and the half iron distance because I know, I realized there that the community is amazing. The race is amazing. The sense of accomplishment when you cross that finish line is incredible. And that the room for growth that I have for myself is just it like humongous. There's so much room for growth. I could bike faster. I can manage my nutrition better. I can run faster. I can run more efficiently. My swim can be better. And there, it might sound really bad, you know, it's just like, oh, wow, there's so much things you could do. Like, that means you performed really badly. No, I didn't think I performed very satisfactorily, but knowing that I have room for growth, knowing that I can identify what I have to change to be better. And the fact that 
everyone around me is also supporting me and, you know, being with friends always makes any experience better. So that's why I really just think triathlon kind of took hold. And I was like, this is the high point where it's only going to get better, but also this is one of the peaks of my college experience of my triathlon experience and will forever be with me as one of the ones where great, this is a turning point in a more positive direction as well. That's super like inspirational and motivational. It's like, know that the community, I think one of the biggest things in whatever your hobby is the community because that's who you surround yourself with. If it's a super positive one, like it sounds like you have, it makes you want to do it more, which is definitely the case with you, which I think is fantastic. I love like supporting communities. Like you're all, like it's a race, like you guys are all competing, but I don't think you guys are competing with each other. In that sense, it's really like a competition for yourself to see how well it has to see how physically fit you're capable of doing this race. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons why I love marathons and triathlons as well. It is quite an individual and solitary sport, but there is that somehow you still, you're always racing against yourself, but somehow you always have people surrounding you and people to do it with. And I love it. And I think speaking about solitary, I once met this guy and obviously seemed like a pretty chipper dude, um, pretty extroverted. I love talking, always love sharing stories. And, and he just looks at me and he's like, dude, you do half Ironmans. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and you train like 10 hours a week by yourself. And I'm like, I'm not because I want to, but because I have to, I trained by myself. Um, yeah. And he's just like, you just spend all that time not talking and in your head. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm just like, oh, that's a good point. Afterwards, someone told me, like, dude, he's literally saying you talk too much. But I was like, I didn't take it that way. I was literally thinking, hmm, why am I interested in such a solitary sport as like being such an extrovert? And I'm just like, you know what? It's because when I am racing, there's a community. I feel the support and I love becoming a better me. And so despite my personality of being so extroverted, it is, it does get lonely sometimes. Yeah. But somehow I love every aspect of it, of being better. And I love the people. There's always someone who's interested in triathlon and wants to like know more. And I'm always happy to grant some more advice, either like training or equipment or anything. And I'm just like, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm a resource for you. I love that. So speaking of stories, you said earlier that you love like telling stories, like what's your best or what's your favorite, I should say, triathlon or racing story that you have? I think for me, good stories always the. Uh, Collegiate Nationals, that is my first official like Olympic distance triathlon. Now the first time I've raced for University of Michigan at like with the entire team. And I thought it was just going to be like a regular race where it's just like, okay, we're here to just like do this as fast as possible and come in, do business and get out, right? We're absolutely wrong. We had a team of like 30, 40 people going. So we had quite a squad. No, I won't say 30, 40, but like at least 30 kids going. We had quite a squad. Literally from a couple months in advance, we're just like, yo, we're all taking this plane flying over at the same time as much as we can. We're as many of us as we can. We were all up and taking the same flight together. We're all like booking this hotel together. We're all like the whole team atmosphere was so much more than I could have imagined. And everyone was just there to have a great time. It does, it's like, yes, we're all here to like try to kick butt as much as possible. Also, like we're trying to like do well, but everyone's just out there to have fun too. And even when we got to the race course itself, all the other college teams were just like, yo, what's up? And we're just like, whoa, like y'all being friendly. What is this? Because like, obviously with college rivalries, rivalries, we're always like, "Mm, MSU, excuse me, OSU sucks. Uh, Uh, MSU can do better, you know. That's a big word. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like the team atmosphere was incredible. The energy was, I was infectious. I was just, I was incredibly surprised with 
how much energy was in that one race course. And even the race itself, that was the one where I actually blew up on the run and I, I both my legs cramped up during the 10K. And then some dude behind me, he was just like, this is the worst it's going to hurt. Just keep going. You're going to do better. I'm just like, you don't know me where you were trying to, you're trying to beat me, <laughs> but you're giving me motivation. I'm like, brother, you got this too, man. We're, we're both suffering together, but let's both kick ass. And then I take off running again. I'm just like, you know what? I need that. That gave me the extra little boost I had too. That was just the racing part itself. But afterwards, I was also cheering on the girls because the men and women start in different times. So the men all finished first and, the, and then the women started after us. I just finished racing and then I like some of my teammates told me, yo, there's some of the girls on our team running through. And so we all surrounded one part of the, the run course. And as our teammates start running by, we just start chanting like Michigan fights all. We're like, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. It's great. And it's just like eating. We're just like, <laughs> everyone's like yelling at the top of their lungs. And we're just like, this is peak college energy right here. This is peak like yeah. triathlon. And this is what triathlon's about. This is why we are called a cult sometimes because we are a little too energetic for our own good. But it, that it's was- It's going to have the energy. Oh yeah. And that was so much fun. So yeah, that was one of the, like that entire like weekend was unforgettable. And I, that, yeah, it, honestly, if you want me to tell that whole weekend, I'll probably spend the next hour just talking about that whole weekend if you wanted me to. <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't mind hearing about it. Like, can you give us like synapses? Like for the listeners that don't know, Chuck went to University of Michigan and he joined the triathlon team. And I know they traveled a little bit, but I'm not sure about the story. You want to give us like a synopsis of what oh, happened? Oh, yeah, for sure. So Collegiate Nationals that year was in Arizona. It was in Tempe, uh, Tempe, Arizona. And we traveled down there as a team. A couple of, is like some people arrived on Thursday, some people arrived on Friday. And we spent the first day like just chilling out. We spent the first day checking in, chilling out. And then second day, I think this was Saturday, was it? Saturday was the Brit, no, was it? I think it was the draft legal race. It was, it was one of the shorter races, but it was super intense. And two of, a couple of our guys, we're racing and one of them plays really good. We're just like, holy crap, this is incredible. And it's just, we had one race on Saturday and everyone was cheering everyone on. This was, and it was like incredible energy. And then the day after was the Olympic distance race in which the guys who raced the day before also raced in this ra Olympic distance race as well. We're just like, holy crap, this is crazy. I raced on Sunday and we start off in the morning. The girls went a little bit after us. And then after all of that was the mixed team relay, which is another format of triathlon racing in which the guys who raced Olympic distance earlier in the morning race again in the afternoon in a shorter format race. And you're just like, what is good? Like, how much energy do these kids have? And then that night we all like, there's a whole like celebration ceremony of everyone gathering together. Every team's had the most amount of points won. We were, we were just like, oh, great. And then we got ice cream afterwards. My race was Saturday. And then Sunday we ended up going home. Sunday that morning, we actually went hiking. Because what else do you do as the most physical people in the entire world do? After a race, know, you, go, right? you go hiking as a recovery. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. No. It's, yeah, yeah. A brisk seven mile walk. Oh, brisk, brisk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plenty of photos. Obviously, you're shirtless because you don't, after experiencing whole Michigan winter, you want to get as tan as possible. I definitely didn't get sunburned, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I can say I got a good tan after three days of the sun. It's Tempe, Arizona. It's warm out there. Yeah, I think it got to 80 degrees on the day we were racing. It was, it was, and it was dry heat. It was just like, whoo, after being in cold Michigan, we go back yeah. it's immediately like 28. We're like, ah, yes, this is proper weather. <laughs> that sounds astonishing. That sounds like a, such a great experience that you had too. Oh yeah. No, yeah, I'll, I'll pretty much pay anything to do it again. 
hopefully, I don't know, maybe, maybe when I'm in grad school, I'll join whatever triathlon team they have. Every grad school I go to, maybe I might get to do it again. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. And then like for all the listeners that are like currently listening to this podcast, what advice would you give them if they were thinking about doing, you know, 5k, 10k's, uh, half Ironman's, Olympic sprints, all that stuff. What advice would you say to them? Start small. You can do it. Like you can physically do anything you put your mind to. It's all a mental game because you want to run a half marathon. You can go out there and walk 13 miles if you want. That's still a half marathon. But it's up to you to decide how fast you want to do that. It's up to you to decide how pretty you're going to look at the finish line. It's never a question about whether or not you can finish. It's just sort of like how much you, how bad do you want it? And again, so like you can achieve anything you set your mind to. I know that sounds generic, but it really is that way. And start small. Definitely break it up into pieces. Start small. I thought, like I said, now I, I run, I run half marathons like it's a weekly thing. But I started off thinking a half marathon and I was going to die. I started off running a mile thinking it was the longest I've ever run. And then we eventually build up. You start, everyone starts somewhere. I thought mile was the longest I've ever run. Then it turned to a 5k. Then it turned to a 10k. Then it turned to 10 miles. Then it was 13 miles. And eventually it got to a marathon. But again, we all start somewhere. We take it piecewise and you build up. It might take a while. It might seem slow. It might seem boring even, but bit by bit, you'll get there. And I think, yeah, if you put your mind to it, you can definitely achieve it. Sweet. Thank you so much for those kind and inspiring words. I definitely subscribe to that mentality because it's not going to happen overnight. And that's worth having. You got to put in time and energy towards it. So it's going to take a while. All right, Chuck, it's been an amazing conversation. I'm really glad we did this. I've learned so much about triathlons and Ironmans and full <laughs> Ironmans and a lot of fun stuff. Thank you, Q. No, thanks for having me, man. It's just like, it's always good to chat. You know, obviously this will allow me sharing my experiences, but Q, you've got a lot of stories yourself, man. This has been Aim High, Kramer Kingswood's alumni podcast. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate if you could take a few seconds to subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a five-star review. This helps a lot in getting the word out and making the podcast easier to find. For any feedback or guest requests, please send an email to robert at alumni.fm. Thank you so much for listening and catch you soon.